There it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is anti Yes, it is. A podcast all about the priceless movies that Hollywood just can't buy. Oh, that's real good, Robert, because the movie we're discussing this week is... Kajillionaire. You, you, you say it. <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, you, or do we say that together? Uh, I, I'm I think still I'm not supposed sure. to say it. I just like fucking with you, you like, too much. Yeah, you do a good job of that, too. Thanks. Continuously. You yeah. Do. Yeah. Kajillionaire. And our top five this week is Get mm-hmm. Rich Quick Movies. Or as I said to you during the movie, yeah, get this movie's rich. really more of a get rich get slow. Rich slow. <laughs> yeah. And of course, do they really get rich? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Talk about what was that. our top five last week? Ah, last week, huh? Oh, out of control movies. We got a lot of listener email from I'm that. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot. As I just, said, oh, almost what any movie, movie isn't? Right. That's sort of about raising the stakes. There's got to be a that yeah out of control element. Some people wrote in with the following. Uh, uh, by the way, this was a gem. I even think I sent you a text a few days ago when one of our listeners said uncut gems. And you know, I wish that was I one. Can, I that, can appreciate that. That belongs. On my top five, it, yeah. if I thought of it. And again, what a movie that was. And I know we've said this before, but I think Adam Sandler was robbed. Everyone was thinking he'd actually win the Oscar, and he wasn't even nominated. He wasn't even nominated. He's turned in film. a couple of performances over the years that are Of that doozies. caliber, of that yeah. caliber. So he didn't get his, his due on that. Um, Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. I think also, is definitely out of control. Yeah. Here's some really good ones, too. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. That definitely goes out of control. Uh, the movie Vacation. Sorry, folks. The um, the moose out in front should have told you. Sorry, folks. The moose out front should have told you. you. Uh, this is also a brilliant one, I think. Fantasia. Do you remember Mickey yeah. Mouse with those the brooms that were coming to life, right, holding the nice. water? Yeah. The, that's kind of brilliant. I wish I had thought of that one. The same person also suggested Ocean's Eleven. Okay. And he said it in here. This is a little playful jab at you, Robert. He wrote, unlike the remake by Robert's boyfriend that ruined the premise of the movie. All right. Sorry about that. The original film shows that crime does not pay and led to death of one of the Eleven. And, of course, the money gets destroyed at the end. Oh, please. I I think if you put the 1960 version up against the uh, 2001 version, 99 people out of 100 are going to pick the 2001 version. I agree. However, fitting within the parameters of out of control, I think the original does speak to that more, I would than, agree the, with that, yeah. more than the remake. More I, I than mean, remake. if anything, the remake is kind of showing how they're always in control. That's right. They Even win when it, you yeah, think they get, they're not they're out, out of control, control they still are. Control. They still are. Yeah. So I appreciate that with the classic film, the 1960. Also, he suggested very bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh, then he wrote down, he sent a separate email saying, um, Havoc. Havoc. See, I thought you're what? That's a good one. I haven't seen it. This is hold on. Let me make sure I'm thinking of the right movie. And, I think I am. Because I I googled it and he said, "How could I have forgotten that movie, Havoc?" So he was kind of playfully beating himself up that he neglected. Oh no, wait, I'm not thinking of Havoc. Oh, I'm thinking of what's the one? It's like almost first person. Oh. Keep going with these. Let me see okay, if I can okay, find out. Okay, you do that. Yeah. Now, another listener, she made, these are more esoteric films. She mentioned Scum. Are you familiar with Scum? Do, do you hear, we have a guest? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, yeah. Uh, Lucky Bastard, are you familiar with that? 
Mm, that I'm, sounds I'm not, familiar. Uh, and again, I, I looked these up, and they're, a lot of them are international movies. Uh, the Poughkeepsie Tapes? Poughkeepsie. You know about that? No. Oh. Uh, Rampage. That's what the one I was thinking. You think about Rampage? Uh, that's the that's movie I was literally so, trying to look so up. That's so funny. So not Havoc, but it was Rampage, which was said by a different person. Yes. She mentioned Rampage, and then she. That's all, because what that. Is, what is Rampage? Okay, what? that it's a basically. Oh man, how do you how do you even begin to describe it? The whole movie is this guy just going around town shooting everybody, and it's he's just on a rampage. Wow. It's like. It's almost like falling down, but it's um, it's less discussion, less less social commentary, and more of just got it. Let me kill everybody. Got it. It's totally out of control. We're in falling down. We're almost on board with his frustration. Right. That's what you're saying. But yeah. with Rampage, he's fucking nuts. Right. That's and I difference. think he's. I, I think he sets up like one of his best friends as being the culprit because he's wearing like a mask and yeah. nobody knows who yeah. it is. I think if I remember correctly, he sets up one of his best friends as being the guilty party. That's so funny about Havoc, and you were thinking about Rampage and yeah. our other listeners. You can understand that. how I would confuse oh, them. Oh, of course. One word and kind of, in, you know, pal yeah. uh, Are you familiar with The Conjuring? Yeah. She suggested yeah, I haven't The seen Conjuring it, I also. Um, I don't know why, but horror movies, they've just... Well, they're all out of control. Well, certainly. But I think as I've gotten older, yeah. I just don't care about them anymore. And when people are like, "Oh, you haven't seen this," and I'm like, "I don't, I, don't, I just don't fucking care." I think, I think I started to turn that way when the Saw movies came out, mm. and I they start feeling like homework to me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, I don't know. I I get it. If there was something interesting and and unique, like it follows, yeah, that was okay. That was a little, that was different, and it was yeah. like, yeah, now we're yeah. we're starting to go somewhere, and yeah. I can get that, but. So many of these movies are just like, you know, a possessed witch, and it's like, I don't right. care. Right. It's silly. Right. I did think Paranormal Activity was pretty good because it was so simple and, you know, like home footage. And the, the, it was almost like the Blair Witch of more modern horror movies, I right. guess. I mean, even though they're not that far apart in terms of timing. But. I like the fact that it was all kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to try to film this, you know, haunting that's happening in our house. It was kind of suspicious that it was like a, you know, house built in the 90s or something. Mm. And they're like, oh, yeah, was, we're, we're haunted. Anyway, I'm done with horror movies. I don't know I about don't, you. Are you done it, with them? I'm not, I'm not done with nothing. I'm open to anything. Well, certainly. I'm, yes. not, I'm not saying not I won't really watch you're not really done with it. Right. Because I'm thinking that maybe you shouldn't watch The Invisible Man, the, the new one, because... Is it a horror movie? Is it a thriller? But uh, it feels like homework. That's why I haven't gotten yes, around to it. I know that. Yeah, my hand's been on on the button for it, and then I'm like, right, Ooh, this looks right, more fun. Let me right. just watch this. Yeah, even though she's very good. Yeah, it, she'll probably win because there's no one else. Weird. Wow, I'm starting to get. To, I, it's like it's hardly getting closer. Else. It's getting closer. It's like we're returning back to the 1930s. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and others too. Uh, leaving Las Vegas, uh, kind of yeah, out, yeah, out of control. Yeah. Maybe I think so too. Yeah. So again, we want to. But I, again, I, I loved what this one listener said about Fantasia, and someone else with um, Uncut Gems. Those those were really good. And Ferris Bueller. Okay. So we thank our faithful listeners. Yeah. All of them. All of them. All of yous. <laughs> All of yous oh, out there. Oh, you. I see what you're doing. Nice segue. That Thanks. was so smooth. I'm calling attention to it. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Takes away the magic, doesn't it? And now it's we time We want to thank for, all of you. It's time for In the News. 
Hey, a few things I want to run by you, okay? Yeah. Okay, first of all, did, I, um, I think I sent you that article a number of days ago about how some AMC theaters are charging $99 to rent the theater. It's crazy. It is crazy, and they're desperate for any income at all. Now, here's the deal. I read up on this. You can't have more than 20 people in the theater <laughs> social distancing you cannot have more than 20 people and you cannot rent that theater to show like slides images of my bar mitzvah it's not like that they are actually giving you a slate of films oh isn't that interesting it's not what i originally thought when i saw the headline that they have well have some friends oh i thought just no, no bar mitzvahs because they're anti-jew <laughs> well that too that too well, okay. i'm anti-semitic so okay. i wouldn't want to show them anyway but uh yeah so they actually have a slate of films some theaters are doing this i don't think it's happening in la i don't think they're doing that in la uh. i think they're all shut down but again poor amc desperate for any income wherever they can find but look, it man, adapt or die right i mean That's it, adapt or die and and i think it's very smart of them to be doing this and yeah. saying look for five bucks a pop it's kind of cool, actually. Friends come in. You yeah, can and they, here's the a theater. slate of 15 films. Show us which one you want. Have 20 people, and yeah, we'll do that. But it seems desperate. And what's a hundred dollars compared to how much they're losing? Uh, yeah, well, the theater's sitting empty. Yeah. That's the difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. And really, they know that it's not just a hundred dollars because they're buying popcorn. They're going to buy. Coke. That's right. That's right. That's where they're going to make the their money anyway. Is it true? I've always heard that adage that theaters owners make more money from the concession stand. I think than that's, take. that's the I've case. heard that, but I can't fathom that. Is that well? It's marked up like crazy. I know. So, I know. I mean, Gub- gummy bears cost five dollars. Right. Yeah. Five. I mean, now yeah. if you get it for five bucks, you're, you're like, right. oh, wow, they're you're cheap. Right. You're right. You're right. So yeah, I've always heard that. Hey, something else that I think yes, you did send me this. Werner Herzog. We heard him speak. We heard him speak a few years right. ago, and he came up with that list of uh, filmmaking tips. And there's just two I want to mention that I love this one. He said, number one, um, there's no excuse for not finishing a film. I love the spirit of that. Yeah. There's no excuse. You just fucking finish it. That's all. And I thought you'd appreciate this second out of like 25 points uh, was that um, it's a badge of honor to have failed a film theory class. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Did you take any film theory classes no, when you were in college? No. Really? I don't, I don't like movies. So why would I do that? <laughs> no, but I did go to seminars. I think you know that. And again, um, the guy who wrote the book Screenplay, mm-hmm. what's his name? He was the big guru oh, in the 70s. I know you're talking Sid, about. Sidfield. 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 Yeah. So I heard him speak. I heard him speak. And he was very specific and somewhat overly structured with the three acts, the, the um, inciting incident, the plot points. Let me ask you a question. Do you – okay, at the time – Yes. Is it – am I assuming – am I out of line to assume that you kind of bought into that – concept of like this is how a screen screenplay should be yes written. and over time have you devolved? less I, I pulled away from it more and more as years have gone by because Absolutely. I, I know when we've written together yeah i know and i like that you had a more traditional approach to right it of like this is how i want to do it i want to use these building blocks and i know i was coming and going nah let's just get crazy and i really think we needed somewhere in between and, right uh, that was in the why middle. it was a good partnership yes absolutely because there's something you said for beginning, middle, and end. Right. Act one, act two, act three. Right. But I heard him spoke, speak. That was at what was called the Sherwood Oaks Experimental College. And that mm-hmm. was a big thing in the 70s. And my then writing partner, Ian, urged me to take that class. And when we were writing together. So it was, that was... Was it a class or just a lecture? It was, it was a seminar that went on. It was like there were three meetings with him. Yeah. So it was sort of in between okay. a class and a seminar. And three times... Um, and I heard him speak, and I took notes, and that's where all that structure stuff came from. How many was it? A big auditorium, yeah, or was it? It was a large auditorium. Okay. Yeah, I did a Q and A. Of course, he was pushing his book. All right. Yeah, yeah. 
There's one thing that you sent me also. I've been looking forward to this, Let's and it's always been it. an issue of mine. And you sent me this great video about dialogue. Yeah. And I think I, I I fired back a response to you, and I said it's always been a pet peeve of mine that in so many movies, it dialogue is not realistic. It's not the way people really talk. Yeah. This. So I saw this video, and I saw it on YouTube. And I really I need to pull it back up so we can give the the author credit because mm. I don't have the uh, the author. Okay. Well, why you're doing the that? Who was who was who published the video? Right. But I always felt that it's often artificial and contrived dialogue. Yes. And people just don't talk that way. And um, look, I I remember too that you did not particularly care for social network for that very reason yeah uh sorkin with his dialogue and when you hear it it's highfalutin it it's impressive but people don't really talk that way and i think that was one of your issues with that film yeah so this is a video published by nerdstalgic and it was on october 7th it's a great video by the way I love and the i think the, the premise was kind of talking about i mean the, the thumbnail is from pulp fiction and it's kind of talking about Tarantino's dialogue and how Tarantino writes. And yet, when you when you look at Sorkin and you look at, I mean, I even think about like Joss Whedon and a lot of these other, they, they in the video they talk about Diablo Cody. A lot of people that are heralded as being great authors of the screenplay, a lot of them, I don't like their screenplays. And they just totally hit the nail on the head with what it is about the dialogue that I don't like. And I get that there is a rhythm really? to it. I get that, that it's very well structured. It's just that no one is believable. And I like the more ultra-realistic yes. dialogue. I like the ums and uhs. And when people hang up the phone, I like them saying bye. I just, it bothers me when that doesn't, right? when that's not in a movie. Absolutely. And I think also one of the examples I gave near the end was a marriage story, yeah. which is very realistic where they even interrupt each other. Yeah. That's so organic, natural, and real. But here's the, the the cool thing about the marriage story is that they interrupted when it was appropriate. What I don't I don't like is the other way of uh, who's the guy that did Mash and Nashville and oh Altman 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 stuff was overlapping too much to the right. point where it's confusion. That and was I'm a going, device of his. Right. That was a device. And of it, his, right. and it was like you're relying too much on that, and it doesn't work. Right. To, for right. me. Right. right. And and I think that's why it, it was it's too dirty. And so there needs to be somewhere in between. There needs to be a naturalism. To and a, it. a marriage story certainly is that. Sure. Yeah. And I like yeah. marriage story. Absolutely. I, don't, I, I didn't love it, but I certainly appreciated it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that scene, especially, I mean, it, it was riveting. I was watching that going, oh, that's, that's a really powerful scene. They're acting their asses off and they're in it, man. You see, it felt like they were getting a divorce. Right. Right. It felt real. Yeah. Yep. So that's always been a pet peeve of mine. That kind of look for years now, you and I have made fun of that line. What are you doing here? Yeah. You know that. Well, what are you doing hey, here? Hey, what are you doing here? Nobody talks that way. I always, so. I, I, every time that line comes up in a movie or TV show, you can ask Joanna anytime it comes up, I'll, I'll immediately echo it. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I always echo that. And if you just highlight it, you'll hear it all the freaking time. It's lazy screenwriting. Yeah. 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 So, and again, it broke it down with different forms of dialogue. And I think you and I both embrace what's called natural right. dialogue. And um, it's more honest. And Tarantino kind of did a blend. And he I did. think the the video accused Tarantino of kind of straying away from yes. his original 
uh, style, like something that's more. Right. And I think there is some truth to that. And I think that might be also why I've started to deviate a little bit from Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, and I've said this before, the the breaking point for me, the fork in the road when I left Tarantino was in Kill Bill Volume 2 when she finally sees Bill and she starts talking about comic books with him. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't, you're supposed to be some super action spy, whatever. And okay, I'll, it's suspension of disbelief, but I'm to believe that she's gone and studied at this monk monastery, you know, this Shaolin art or whatever and sword making and all of this stuff. And she has time to, you know, to, to find like the, her, people who killed her presumably and right, she came back right. essentially from the dead and is exacting all this revenge but oh i've got time to read comic books and there's dialogue <laughs> about the comic book right 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 and that's tarantino being cool yeah that's that cool tarantino dialogue well it's tarantino it's, masturbating right is really what right it is. right yeah and I, that's what i'm kind of like ah, all right we're you're no longer being true to your characters you're being you're being Tarantino, right? You know, you're you're jacking off. Well, how did you feel about in Tarantino's um, Pulp Fiction, with all that about the uh, hamburger or Royale? That now was that honest? See, and yeah, I tangent? thought. I mean, I think I think so because he, I do too. No, yeah. the pro, the difference is that he had just gone to Holland, right? So, but we didn't know that as an audience, right? And so he's incorporating part of his life, but it's an unusual part of his life, and it's not a it's not this like film nerd pop culture thing. Right. I guess I guess McDonald's is a kind of pop culture, but it's kind of talking about the differences between our pop culture and another country's pop culture, right? It was a tangent, yes, it was. Yeah, but it was organic and it made sense, right. Because of who the character is, yeah. And, where he's and I would right. believe that it right. happened, right? Right. right. The, you got this druggy guy who goes overseas. He comes yeah. back and he's like, oh yeah, you know, just just go back. Hey, you know what they call it over there? What, what do they call it? And I mean, now you have a you have also an exchange right. of ideas right. of like, get the fuck out of here, yeah. really? Yeah. Yes, no, yes. yes, no, and that's a real. You're yeah. being true to the characters. In the um, in Kill Bill, it's a lot of let me show you. There's this character in this comic book that's really cool. Yes, I know that character, and it's kind of it was like Scotch tape stapled in. Right, it was stapled in. Yeah. Right, right, and that's that's when he also I think is crossing the line into um, no one telling him no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including his editor, especially his editor. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but I was the, I was a huge Tarantino fan. Pulp Fiction rocked my world, right. man, and I was a diehard Tarantino, and I never thought I would would, and I'll go see every film he makes. You know, I just, I'm, it's, I'm never gonna miss a movie because he makes some interesting films, hit or miss, they're interesting, but. Uh, how do I put this? Like, they're just, they're not what they were. Right. And, you know, part of it, you know that his primary editor did die a couple of years ago, Sally mm. Menken, mm-hmm. Menken yeah. right? And that people say that that could have been a turning point in the films, that he's not reeled in enough. Yeah. That it needs. Well, I mean, Pulp Fiction was not short, you know, and that was a, like a two hour and 45 minute movie or something like that. Right. But it didn't seem that way, though. It, it, it flew. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's too, it's too bad that, but is he really going to stop at 10 movies? Isn't that what he said in interviews? Well, he says, yeah, 10. I don't think so. Wait, this last one was number nine. Yeah. I think he's got one more. One more. Or is that just a pulpus? You know what else I I saw recently that 
it's one of these things of like never meet your heroes. And I wish Tarantino was just a recluse that we never saw because every time I see more of him, I'm like, I cringe. My teeth hurt. You know, I, I start going, <sighs> but I saw some behind the scenes footage recently I'd never seen before when, um, during the Pulp Fiction scene where Tarantino and Uma Thurman are doing the the dance, you know, and the, sure. the Jackrabbit sure. Slims sure. dance off. And when they, you know, they go, okay, action. And they start rolling and Tarantino's next to the camera and he's dancing too. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're so, it's cringeworthy, man. And it's like, ugh. Uh, it's just it's so fake you're sorry you saw that behind the yeah. scene documentary and he's not even really brain. watching the scene he's like really into the music yeah. and he wants to dance yeah. and i'm yeah. like i know you're like trying to set the mood yeah. but you're supposed to be watching what's going on in the camera and paying attention to that and trying to figure out okay what do we need to, to fix this here yeah yeah meeting your heroes yeah i i think i told you before i had the opportunity to meet mel gibson and yeah. I could have been pushy and done it, and I was like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to like him. I, I think he's an asshole. I, I think he... Now, was this before or after his rant? After, yeah. It, it was more recent, um, yeah. and it, I, 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 I love watching Mel Gibson on, on screen. I don't, I don't think I would want to have a friendship with him. Yeah. Well, he'd probably like you because you're not a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I'm sure he'd hate you. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just, he seems to be kind of, he doesn't seem to be um, especially intelligent. He doesn't seem to be, I'm not calling him dumb. I, I don't know, but he just doesn't strike me that way. Like when I see his insights on the, under the films he's made, he's like, I don't know. It's just kind of, we just did it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and you're like, well, that's it. That's your big insight. If I think I mentioned this to you before. One of the worst director's commentaries was Braveheart. I was like, oh, my gosh, man, you're fucking ruining this for me. But he wasn't articulate? Oh, my gosh. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember we shot this. It was, um, <laughs> it was that scene. You're like, what? And there was long moments of silence where you're yeah. just like, am I just watching the movie with Mel? And, I mean, if that's the case, dude, shut up so I can watch the movie. I mean, he wasn't saying anything insightful. And it, then there's the other extreme, the other Mel, Mel Brooks. Oh, Mel Brooks. No, you I've heard his commentary with uh, Young Frankenstein, mm -hmm. and and again, the very beginning, he literally does this. Hiya, folks! I'm Mel Brooks, and you know, okay, this is going to be fun. This is going to, and literally every scene, he was just talking. All, was, I got to disagree because I saw Spaceballs. Oh, and he, why was that? He bad? told the same story three or four times in the not, same in the film? same director's commentary. He's getting up there, in and years. he did that a couple times, Aye. and he kept telling the same stuff. And it's like, okay, we fucking get oh, it. At least he's got some out. energy. But, he has energy. You know, yeah. I think people like uh, like some of the better commentaries, like uh, UHF Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Did, I mean, and it was he had guests who came in, but you could also tell he had done research ahead of time. He's like, okay, let's do this right. If people are going to listen to me for an hour and a half, what is it that I'm saying for this hour and a half? Rather than just, oh yeah, I remember this. But he would talk about. Okay, we did this. We shot this at the at the mall, and here's why we did that, and here's why we went to this location, and why we used uh, Tucson instead of Los Angeles, and and let's really get into some of I that. I love that. I love so that. So that you can appreciate the the whole craft a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. But no one wants to hear some celebrity go, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, one of the disappointments also is 2001 Space Odyssey with Gary Lock Lockwood. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was disappointing. Really? It just kind of rambled. We wanted to hear more about them. Now, I want to tell you one of the best commentaries of all films. And it's the great, uh, it's uh, How the West Was Won. And the commentary really? is so rich and textured. Uh, a panel of people, including the stunt person who went on to become the president of the Stunt Association huh. and also uh, an expert. Uh, There's a film historian and also an expert on Cinerama. Mm -hmm. And he was telling stories about how Cinerama was developed, how they used to have these, I think I said this once, inflatable buildings to go around the countryside and pump them up with air and have three projectors going at oh, once wow. so that the masses could understand Cinerama. It was just so wonderfully textured Well. The stuntman was going on. That's me. That's me. I just fell over into the rapids there. Yeah. And it, it was really cool. He was just so enthusiastic. And with the film historian and everyone else, it was just, it's just terrific commentary. You know, another really great one is Primer. Really? I yeah. did not hear it see the and uh, commentary. And he does an excellent job of really kind of laying out a good roadmap for independent filmmakers and saying, all right, we shot this extremely low budget. You know, I think it was seven thousand dollars or something like that. And he goes, "I know that sounds unbelievable, or twelve thousand, however much it was." And he goes, "Let me show you how we did that and why we were able to get away with such a low number." And here's what we did. Wow. And it's it's very fascinating. I mean, it's a if you're an independent filmmaker, that's a great commentary. He did two of them on on that disc. One he does the director does by himself, and another one I think he does with his. Uh, co-star or dp or somebody like that i can't remember who it was but the the one he does by himself is actually a little bit better i would be up to seeing that movie again yeah that'd be interesting to see and you were talking about the panel i've heard one of the worst ones i've heard too it definitely goes ranks up there is goonies the goonies because they did the panel with every they just brought everybody back and it was chaos was you couldn't chaos. fucking hear what was going on yeah. it was everybody talking over each other and they were having a party and this movie's going on in the background and you're like i don't even know what's happening right now right it was just it was madness were there one two where they they ordered pizza and they're eating chips and stuff and just yammering about a movie which one was that i don't Does know that mean anything to you i don't know maybe might have been in goonies i'm not sure might have been goonies but yeah sometimes they're so informative and entertaining you, you know learn a lot and other times it's just the best you know, one i've ever heard is yeah. actually from a movie called 30 love 30 love yeah. i've heard about that film if you go to 30lovefilm.com yeah you can, can actually you it? hear it you, you can, can get get the dvd or blu-ray and you can hear... So they the, have those bonus features, right? Yeah, yeah. Like over three hours of bonus. They got the director's commentary. They got all oh, these deleted scenes. Deleted scenes, you know, gag bonus, reel and stuff yeah, like that. all that stuff, yeah. That's really cool. Is yeah. there a discount for our Well, listeners? actually, we're running a discount because the listeners of this show, um, you know, we, we give them discounts sometimes for yes, things. And if you go to 30lovefilm.com and you buy the DVD or the Blu-ray, you get 10% off. 10% off. Yeah. Just to, to type in anti-wave. Yeah. Wow, that's really good to know. Yeah. And again, what's the website? It's 30lovefilm.com. Yeah. Anyway. Some are old, some are new. We now present. Yes. The Week in Review. <laughs> that was a weird pause. Yeah. Is that, is that a weird doing... pause because of the movie? You had all these odd pauses in it? <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> um, and by the way, The Week in Review, do we have a sponsor? We sure do. Do tell. I was about ready to say 30lovefilm.com. <laughs> avgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media into digital media. This is slides. This is your negatives. This is your home movies. All of that stuff he'll take and then turn it into digital media so you can share it on your, your social media and send it out to friends and family. Absolutely. And we're both clients of his. And he's taking on Scan Cafe. 
head-to-head and with more inexpensive priceless than they, and he's doing a terrific job. And real fast, uh, Terranax, that piece of equipment that he uses. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a type of scanner it? that's, uh, it, it enables you to scan a lot of video images at much, much higher resolution. There's only a couple of them in the whole country, and he's got one. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, he's got way better rates than the other people. He's a real good guy. So, again, uh, we recommend avgearguy.com. Yep. Tell him that Antiwave sent you. Oh, yes, 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 for that discount. Uh, what did you see this week? <sighs> I'm going to go first? Yeah. I've been looking forward to this already. Yeah. Okay, and here we go. Bad Girls from Mars. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's unique about it is that the female star was the then wife of Russ Meyer. Do you know Russ You know Russ yeah. Meyer is, yeah. That, so, that was Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, right? Oh, you know these things. Yeah. Maybe there's hope for you yet. I only saw half of it, but I just wanted to say it because of the title, Bad Girls from Mars. <laughs> yeah, it's a different. Now, speaking of which, there's a few others I want to share. Yep. From straight A's to straight XXX. Get it? Straight mm-hmm. A's to straight XXX. And this is streaming on Amazon Prime for $5. I paid the 5 bucks, and it's all about a college student, and she just can't afford her tuition, the poor girl, so she becomes a whore. Wait, wasn't that that movie Angel? Wasn't that the same prompt premise? Excuse me, this premise has been done in 117 movies. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen 118 of them. And speaking of, here's yet another one called Her Composition. That's the name. And it's called Composition because it's a young lady a student who's in music school get oh. it? composition she can't afford her tuition the poor girl she becomes a whore <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on um i saw cats i saw cats. it's on hbo it, it, Max yes now. yes yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a feeling HBO, you'd, you'd watch so it so i watched it and i need to say that i have to first after i saw it my i had to process everything i was a fan of the musical i saw yeah. the play in london and I like the music a lot. And it's a peculiar film. And again, I had to keep reminding myself that this is the same director who did Les Miserables and The King's Speech. Yeah. The same director. And it was peculiar. I like the music a lot. And again, my suggestion was instead of doing all that weird CGI with the hair and stuff, I think it should have been more abstract where we had all of our performers as who they really are in like black leotards with cat-like gestures and motions and and facial expressions. I think to keep it abstract like it was, the play would have been better than this. It was an odd, peculiar movie. Somewhat disturbing. Was it bad? I don't know. I didn't know what to make of it. It was, I didn't care about the cats. Hmm. I didn't care. Yeah. But the music was good. The cinematography was pretty, but it was, um, it left me feeling empty. You know, Rebel Wilson's in this, right? Yes, she is. With have James you, Corden. Have you seen the pictures of her lately? What, she lose weight? A lot. She did? Yeah. She's and it's like she's dedicated twenty twenty to be like the year of health. And wow. so she's like getting she's lost a lot of weight, but it's all like healthy loss. Like she's you could tell she's working out a lot more and just getting really, really active and uh Yeah. Good just, for her. Yeah. Because you know, it was like you, I think everyone likes her, and that the yeah. idea too that she's not getting a you know tummy tuck or anything like that. She's doing it the right way. Yes, and I think everybody kind of respects that. You know, the best thing with her, and again, with the, I just love this with the Oscars of last year uh, when they were presenting the award for best visual effects, uh-huh. and they had Rebel Wilson and uh, James Gordon right. who were in cast together. And that you can, because everyone was criticizing the special effects, the visual effects of that movie. Right. And they came out dressed as cats. And both of them were like hitting as if pause, the microphone stand. Oh, I remember. You remember that. And I love that they could just, you poke fun at yourself. That's what you do. Yeah, we made a stinker. And that way you get everyone on board with you and you just take the hit and everyone laughs along with you. Right. And that's the way to resolve that problem. I just love that. I think the idea of like them 
of her in particular losing weight, I'm thinking now about other big people who have lost weight. And we almost always really, we fall in love with them all over again. Like, like John Goodman, you know, he lost a lot of weight. I think everyone was like, yes, good. Good for you. I don't think anybody, I mean, I guess there might be some people who are kind of like, oh, we've lost part of John Goodman. Well, part of him. Yeah. But I mean, I'm thinking about John Candy and like what, how much better our world would have been off if we still had John Candy. Yeah. You know, like, it, just what a loss. So you're suggesting that when they lose that weight, they don't lose part of the appeal. In a weird sort of way, a, they, we sort get, of they gain more appeal. Mm. In a weird sort or of way. Or admiration. It's the admiration. Right. The respect level right. goes up. Right. Now, I, I wonder if they're going to be as castable, you know, because you need a fat person sometimes. You need the, the fat best friend. Right. And so I wonder if they'll lose roles ultimately. But I think in both those situations that we're talking about with John Goodman and Rebel Wilson, their their um, castability is mm-hmm. already cemented. Right, right. They're, I mean, of the John Goodman is going to have work for the, right. the rest of his life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Remember we did our favorite John Goodman movies, didn't we? Didn't we do that? I yeah. think we did. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is there, I mean, I'm almost wondering, is there anything he could do that would, that would make him not have a career and then i thought well what about like kevin spacey oh okay do you think kevin so, spacey so, will ever work again no you don't think so that's well that was don't, nobody underage. will pick him up is he a, a the forcibly fact, retired okay the fact that it was what was it well it was gay it was sex and this was and with a, a minor that's right, right. It was like a 15 year old kid and uh that's um but they dropped the charges they dropped they did yeah they did yeah they dropped the charges he's done you know, maybe I could see him coming back as like almost like a character actor, not a, a lead, and he mm-hmm. has been lead of many movies, but um, kind of like with uh, Rubens, what's his name from Pee Wee Herman? Yeah, well, but we saw with, him come with back. With Paul Rubens, it with was Paul more Rub- like well, he just did jerked he off. Do anything wrong? He jerked off he in, was a movie in a porn. Th- yeah. He was in a porno house. Yeah, and he was touching himself. Is that amazing? I thought that reaction was pretty severe. Yeah. So, all right. Um, also, I want to tell you, I saw the movie Judy, which is streaming on Amazon Prime. Judy Garland. That's Judy Garland. Oh, yeah, Judy yeah, Garland. Yeah. And Renee Zellweger won the Oscar for that and the Golden Globe. So I watched. And she was, was it good. She was good. It's, it's a biopic, but I think it was better than most biopics. And she sold it. She she brought it home. She really nailed Judy Garland's gestures out later in life as she was on pills and you know, sinking with the microphone cord wrapped up and wearing those tight pants. That was her style in the last few years of her life. So I saw that and one last film. Uh, hold on. I'm still not done with Kevin Spacey. Okay. I'm convinced that if you were doing a small little oh, independent I would be film, thrilled to have him. you could pick him up for a song and a dance. Yeah. You know? The question is whether he'd do it or not, but I didn't know the charges were dropped. Yeah, I think they I think they did. Yeah. I'll I could double check that. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, what's the last I mean, one you got? it's interesting how some can bounce back and others won't. Um, you know, all right. So, what was I, the last one? The I last one I want to mention is Full Metal Jacket. Oh, thank yeah. you, thank you. Robert sent me home with that last week, and I watched it. Stanley Kubrick, nineteen eighty-seven, and again, uh, they're they're very clear on this <laughs> that this part one and part two, and uh, I think most people will concur that part two is like unlike anything I've ever seen. 
and uh, the whole thing with our, our, our drill part sergeant. Part one, you mean, right? Did I say part two? You said part two, Part yeah. one. Thank you for that correction. With, um, how do you say his name? Ar- Ar- R. Lee, Lee Ermy. Ermy, but yeah. E-R-M-E. He was just magnificent. Like you said to me, and yes, I looked into this on Red, and sure enough, you're right, that he was on board as a technical advisor. Yeah. And it wasn't working with the actor playing that part. It just wasn't working. He took it upon himself to videotape how it should be done. And Kubrick said, you've got the job. You've got the job. And that first half was was incredible. Um, and, and again, also I want to mention... Uh, that first half of the movie flies by oh. so fast. I could watch that first half. Absolutely. I mean, it's got to be... It's an hour long, probably. And I don't... I, I, it would feel like 10 minutes. It's just so perfectly put together. Vincent D'Onofrio? D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Wow. He Man. gained 70 pounds. Yeah. To be in that film, that and role he, he was playing. He's just, I mean, a chameleon. You don't even see him. He was it's, incredible. It's the, the character. He purely. was incredible. A, a little bit slow. Yeah. I think he was slow. With a goofy smile on his face. Remember? He's and, and you just think about, like, the, the kind of, I mean, the script calls for him to kind of smile. And it's so perfect. Yes. The way that he's smiling. Yes. You believe, yes, yes, that's like a nervous Even when smile. the drill sergeant was ripping him an asshole, mm-hmm. he still had that smile. It was fascinating how he did that. Yeah. And, and again, everyone is saying that Act 1, Act 1, uh, Part 1 is better than, but Part 2 holds up. It yeah. still holds up. Part 2 is a, it's it's a, a good, really sol- good war it's solid. movie. It's a solid war movie. But Part 1 is just unique. so incredible. It's incredible. It's yeah. unique. And uh, man, that ending, uh, the um, uh, shoot me, that just affected me profoundly. Yeah. And... Uh, what a movie. Thank you for sending me home with that last There's week. a couple things I want to point out with that. The, the beginning of that movie, uh, it, it begins with all of them getting their heads yes, shaved. Yes, yes. And it's a really cool beginning. Yes, right? and that's how you know for something special. Yeah. I knew I, this is going to be damn special. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, in addition to that, you start to, you really lose their identity. Mm-hmm. And when I watched this movie when I was a kid, I would frequently get everybody confused. And it wasn't until after probably, and I was a kid when I saw it, um, but Private Joker, who is the main character of the film, and we don't even really know that. I mean, we almost think that Private Pyle is the main character right. of the film for the, That's right. for the, for the first, uh, first half. And Private Joker is there. I didn't even understand that it was Private Joker in the second half of the movie. That it, I almost thought it was like, okay, here's some stuff that was going on in Vietnam. Just completely different from the beginning, like new characters. Now, I was young. No, but I want to say something to you. What? I'm going to own up to something. What? When part two of the film started, I actually paused it, and I went to Wikipedia to read the character's name, and I thought, oh, that's the same guy from... Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I thought so, but I was and I wanted to know that before I continued And let me tell you two. why I think that's incredible, because Kubrick tapped into the idea that everyone looks the same. Right. And everyone, you will all be reduced down to human and then we will build you back up Mm -hmm. the problem is movies don't work like that i mean movies we're sitting here watching these characters we need to know who's who and the only person who really stands out to us is pile and he stands out because he's a fuck up and i guess arlie the drill sergeant stands out because he's you know the boss but the 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 privates all blend in together and we can't tell who's who even though they say private joker many many times and uh and and we're supposed to associate those things and, and use the name to carry over to the second half. Right. But I got lost when I was a kid. 
I think it's a really cool element. And that's good because, as we know, they do that intentionally in the military. They right. want you all to, to lose your identity and become like one fighting unit, yeah. that you're not an individual anymore. And I think I, I told you, too, I might have mentioned this to you a long time ago. I saw a um, <clears throat> um, uh, a screening of Full Metal Jacket with our previous guest, Leon Vitale. He was there, and this is before we had him on as a guest. Him, Matthew Modine, that was Private Joker, yeah. and um, Vincent D'Onofrio, who was P- Private Pyle. And all three of them were there, and they were talking. And Modine said something about Kubrick's direction, and it just burned into my brain. And I thought, this is such a beautiful way to describe it. He said, everyone accuses Kubrick of being this kind of tyrannical, you know, force he said really what it was is Kubrick just knew what he wanted yeah and he, what he would say is when it was you know he expected for you like he said he kind of equated it to being like a concert um like a what do you call it, a conductor at a at a symphony and when you show up you're expected to know how to play your instrument right the conductor is not going to sit there and tell you how to play your instrument right. it's your instrument you should fucking know how to play right and so one of the directions that he got from Kubrick one time was, you know, they, they did it and it kind of went up to Kubrick and he was like, well, what did you think? And he goes, do it better. <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, well that, that's it. Right. I mean, just nah, make it better. Well, the Robert I know and love, I think would be critical of that critique. That's not you. It's not that's clear not how communication. you would direct. No, no, do not. it better. What does that but mean? Can... That's so nebulous. Right. Right. I, I think it's, it's fine if you speak the language and everyone is truly on board. The problem is that uh, most people are not that level of professional. Right? And Kubrick could get away with that. Yeah. That's it. Kubrick could get also, away with I that. I think he's being cheeky and just kind of like, I think so too. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I, I appreciate that idea, you know, and, and I, yes, you're right. I, I think oh, even it's a somebody. horrible note. Do it better. <laughs> because what does that mean? Do it better yeah. in what way? Yeah. Right. It's so subjective. But I, I like that concept, and if you had infinite time, I, I would be down for that. Infinite time and infinite money where you could just say, we're going to do another take. I want this one to be better. And whatever that means to you, go with that. Let's mm. see where that goes. Mm. But you don't, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're on a budget. You're on a time schedule, and you're inconveniencing other people to say, we're going to play. Right. And I, I just don't think that's realistic. Right, right. That's cool that you saw that at the Arrow Theater, I think, in Santa Monica. Uh, I that think that saw? one, I saw no. that one at the Egyptian. The Egyptian and yeah. Leon Vitelli. By the way, I wanted to, we had Leon Vitelli mm-hmm. here, and I wish I had seen Full Metal Jacket prior to our interview with Leon. Yeah. Having him here in studio with us, I, I would have enjoyed that, knowing the movie and seeing the film. Um, well, if prior you recall, him. in our top five, that was my number one. Yeah. And I think it was Leon's number two. Yeah. So he liked 2001 yeah. more. Yeah. But this was his yeah. second favorite. Yeah. Nice. To, to me, too, one last thing about Full Metal Jacket I'll say is that um, it's a movie that it, it really does not only hold up under subsequent viewing, you get more out of it each time. And you start looking at things going, oh, shit, I start seeing the dichotomy of war and peace. Yes. And, and this whole movie is split into like this one and two kind of relationship between these two things. And it's fascinating uh, when you start looking at it from that lens. And uh, after I watched it, uh, we texted, and I want to thank you for calling my attention to something. And I watched the last 30 seconds again. And uh, it has to do with the peace sign, the button on his jacket. Right. And what they do with that is so 
man, it was powerful. It was riveting. You know where Thank they shot all that, that? The whole movie. You know where they shot it, right? Where? England. I it looks like Vietnam. It looks like Vietnam. It was. I read that. Yeah. I actually read that it was shot in England. Yeah. Hey, before we get to your um, weekend review, uh, Louis C.K. I want to go back to. Is he going to stay? Is he going to be with us, or is he gone forever? What's your oh, take? he's coming back. Oh, he already did. Uh, he did. He did stand-up comedy with uh, uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle brought him out and was like, "Here you go." I bet there was a he's huge back. ovation, wasn't there? Was there? I think or there was, was probably, but it was. It I think it was in the middle of the uh, COVID stuff. Ah, so it was kind of oh. like, yeah, b- yeah, big ovation from twenty people. Yeah. You know, so but yeah, he's he's gonna come back. He, I don't think he'll ever reclaim quite what he had, but he'll he'll be back. I mean. The aforementioned Mel Gibson, he's back. You know, yeah, he, he is. He is able to do films now, and 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 quite good ones. Remember, Dragged Across the... Concrete was really that was good. Really good. Professor and the Madman. Madman, yeah, that, that was, was okay. Was... It was good. He was good. Yeah, he was. He was good. Right, right. Well, remember, we thought that they should. That he and Sean Penn should have Switch. switched roles. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprising that they mm-hmm. did it that way. And you, I want to point out what, something. You see, yeah. Uh, from the new, from the Los Angeles Times, December thirty first, twenty nineteen, lawsuit against Kevin Spacey dismissed after accuser's death. I forgot that the accuser oh, died. Died? Yeah. And um, in July of that year, it says the charge against the actor was dropped after victim pleads the fifth. Wow. But it doesn't matter. His reputation is still for sure smirched, But yeah. So yeah, last year it started. Oh, they started that. dropping all the charges. In July, and then the, even the private uh, lawsuit right. was dropped right. in December. Wow. And you, um, what did you see? I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to, to bring it up. I saw Rock and Roll High School recently. Did I mention this? I don't last think week? so. Have you seen Rock and Roll High School? No, that one. This got was away the from 1970s. Me. This is 79. There was like a string of these movies where it was like, we got to rock the teachers. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah, kind of yeah. Wasn't Blackboard Jungle kind of like that? Well, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Glenn Ford, all those guys. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. but this was... Sidney Poitier was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was kind of like that. Um, it was... But the whole premise is that it's a zany look at that kind of concept. It's a, you know, it's a comedy. And then you've got these kids who are obsessed with the band The Ramones. And they want them to come play you know at their school or play in their town or something and they're always causing trouble and they you know fuck the new principal and fighting back against authority it was great it was fun madeline yeah. loved it i think she really oh, liked i think she, she liked she tracking this yeah. movie i wanted she liked the music yeah yeah, yeah she she, the music. anytime the, the punk music and, comes on she's and you're right blackboard jungle was like that kind of but not to sir with love no it doesn't that was different no, okay that was different uh, I saw U571. Do you remember this? Oh. The submarine movie? Yeah, never saw it. So the the premise is that, uh, and so funny because Joey was asking me, is this based on a true story? And instinctively I was like, yeah, I think it is. I mean, most war movies are based on somebody's memoir or something like that. And then I was like, wait, hold on, I'm not so sure because we were kind of watching some scenes. I'm like, this doesn't seem very realistic. And then we looked it up and it's a total fabrication. It's yeah. not true at all. And in fact, a lot of the uh, the British uh, Navy was pretty upset because it kind of made America look like the heroes of World War II when it was like, uh, we actually did some of the stuff that they're doing and uh, you're not giving us credit. Yeah. So the idea is that 
the there's a Russian submarine, not no, Russian, uh, German submarine U-boat that winds up losing power to their diesel motors. So they send out a distress call, and the German Navy is coming to help them. Well, the Americans have an old U-boat that they had captured, and they dress it up to look like the the rescue sub. And they quickly scramble to get all these guys on it, put this crew on it. And they're going to go out on a secret mission and go out, get the the boat, and pull off the uh, the Enigma machine, the code breaking machine, off of the sub, and then sink the sub, and then make it look like they just kind of succumbed to their, you know, to their um, their problems, or whatever, mm-hmm. and 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 that way, you know, they get away with it. So they go out on this mission, and while they're trying to board the the German boat, the German submarine, the rescue shows up and sinks their the American submarine. And so now they all have to go on to this broken down uh, you know, <laughs> boat that doesn't work and try to survive. And they're fighting back against this other Russian, and then. Uh, I keep saying Russian. This German, German. Uh, a, a third, you know, submarine that shows up, and then a destroyer shows up, and they're all, you know, kind of like, well, are you German? Or are you not German? And they're trying to fight back, and they have to dive really, really deep to avoid all these depth charges. It's a fun movie. Wow. Um, Matthew McConaughey is in it, and he, you know, is the is the, the big captain, and finally gets his own submarine. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What's right. the name of that movie? It's again? called U five seven one. Got it. And also, yeah. worth mentioning, I watched the Muppet movie. What a fantastic movie. Yes. 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 And I, I want to, the reason why I want to bring it up, is, you know, we watched it with Madeline, and uh, it's the first time she ever really got scared. Um, there's a scene, I don't even know if you remember it, but Mel Brooks has a cameo, and he takes Kermit and shoves him into this machine, and he's going to fry his brains. <laughs> and it's yeah, silly. And then Miss Piggy comes and rescues him and saves the day. Madeline was screaming. And she mm. was afraid that Kermit was going to die. And she was pointing. And she was, like, starting to cry. And she's like, no, no. She was, like, like pointing at the screen. She was really, really upset. And then Miss Piggy saves the day. And she, like, kind of, huh, okay, all right, good. She thought they were going to kill him. It was fantastic. She loved it. She was, like, on the edge of her seat the whole time, just totally that's so cool. One of the things we found is that when we're showing her those kind of movies, she'll watch them, and she's just so into the movie, we can feed her whatever we want. So we'll just throw a bunch of vegetables in her mouth. She'll just kind of chew. Another carrot. Yeah, oh, that's what we do. Mesmerized yeah. watching the screen that's while exactly she's chewing out a carrot. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I saw that in the theater when it first came out. Have you seen it since? Um, I think a few years ago I did see it again. It's really, it and holds up well. Rainbow it's Connection. so funny. The music. And the yeah, the music the is ending. great. It is great. Paul Williams. Yeah. Paul Williams, the music, yeah. And I was so impressed with uh, riding the bicycle. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's really clever how they did that scene. There's some others the, that are just like, like wow, how do they effects. do that? And that was 1979, Yeah, you know? 79. Yeah, yeah. A lot anyway, of cameos, yeah. A lot. A tons I know, of cameos. I know, a lot of cameos. Milton Berle and like, yeah. uh, who's the guy that with Charlie, the the ventriloquist guy? Oh, Charlie. Uh, uh, Mc, uh, Mc, yeah, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Anyway, he was in it. Charlie Ber- uh, Bergman. Berg- Bergman. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Bergman. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. No. McCarthy. Just Charlie McCarthy. McBerg. McBerg- Bergman. Uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, he's Ken- in it. Candace Bergen is the daughter. Okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Candace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's in it too. Everyone's in that film. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. That's Richard nice Pryor, guy. Steve Martin. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Tons of people are in that movie. Dom DeLuise. At the end, is that the thing about Hollywood? At the yeah. End? Oh, you know who the big Hollywood executive is? At the wait, end? wait, wait, wait. I do know, and I saw this a few years ago again. Um, they finally make I, it wait, to wait, Hollywood. Orson, Wel- Orson, Orson Welles. Welles. Orson Welles. What a perfect. <laughs> Which is Whoever. funny because Orson Welles is like he was very anti-studio, you know, and basically just said "fuck you" and left yeah, the studios because like he didn't get along with. Yeah, but the fact that, but he also kind of looks like he, he would be a Hollywood establishment cigar smoking fat. One of the best lines is like, you know, they come in and they're like, "We want to be rich and famous." He like calls the secretary, goes, uh, "You know, bring in w- one of the standard rich and famous contracts." <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> what the standard? Yeah. yeah. And there's a sweet moral at the end, too, isn't there, about to yeah. be at peace with who you really are, and yeah. we're all stars in our own way? Kind of, yeah. And, oh, is that sort of it? I also it's also like about friendships and relationships yes. and, like, keep pushing. And yes, and I remember, too. Be there together. I'm getting real specific, but wasn't there, like, near the end where there's, like, a beam of light that yeah. comes in? Do you remember that beam? So they're shooting the movie, and while they're shooting, Gonzo um, accidentally knocks over something, and the whole set starts to fall over, yes. and it punches a big hole in the... Um, in the uh, soundstage and this giant beam of light comes in and it turns into a rainbow Yes, and they show all of the Muppets in this rainbow and there's just hundreds of these Muppets that are all there and you yeah. can tell they're all like hiding like all the puppeteers underneath because they're all singing at the same time and everything you're like wow that's really cool it's a beautiful beautiful image yeah it's great nice anyway nice that's what yeah. I saw this week Hey, man, you want to talk about Kajillionaire? And Robert, talk us through it. Okay. Oh, this I want to hear. <laughs> Wait, I've been waiting all week. I want to hear you talk us through it. This will be good. Kajillionaire centers around a family, a mother, father, and daughter, who are kind of ne'er-do-wells and are constantly on the grift, right? They're always trying to steal some money, get some get some cash someone, one way or another, usually through deceivious means. But they're not above working for a job if it's sleazebolly enough, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, usually they 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 would work, but not get a traditional job. Let's okay, put it that way. Okay. So, in one of their scams, they decide to take a plane trip to New York, and as they're uh, in, and they're going to file a fraudulent lost luggage claim. On the um, on the way back, the the parents sit next to another woman, uh, played by Gina Rodriguez, and. Yeah. They kind of strike up a conversation. She's very unusual from their point of view, although she's kind of a normal person. And they wind up kind of bringing her into the fold. Right. And as a result, into the family. family. And now there's some competition between the natural daughter and this new member. And yet there's also this strange kind of attraction. And so the, the movie centers on this idea of being independent of trying to grow out from under the control of your parents uh while also trying to make money and how do you kind of fall into that in the real world that's basically it that's it yeah yeah so what do you think i know what you think yeah are we gonna disagree are we Uh, no because i think i'm gonna agree with anything you say um because it this movie had some really cool stuff going for it but I think it's also, it's just too long. It needs to be cut down. 
Um, and, and the problem, I think, is that I'm not sure that it's in the edit. I think it's in the actors. The performances are all very slow tempo. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, I think the way the movie is shot, it reminds me a lot of... Um, it's like some, a lot of French cinema that's shot with just long takes. That's correct, yes. And you're letting the actors set the pace for the film at mm-hmm. that point. Uh, if, if that's how you're going to do it, you can't cover for that in the, in the edit. And I think as a result, the whole thing is sluggish. And it's gone, man, this could have been like ratcheted up a little bit faster. Right. And I think it would have been a better film for it. Right. And so, I, especially to me in the middle, it sagged yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that was like, okay, what, what are we doing? Where are we going with this? What's happening? Right, right. Uh, but I was really on board in the beginning. And then the end really started to pay off for me. I it, liked the ending. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? It all came together. I I like quirky. I like quirky. Yeah. But there has to be, here it comes, something a little bit um, endearing mm-hmm. that goes along with the quirkiness for it to work for me. And I didn't find these characters particularly endearing. Mm. Um, it was just, it was an I, odd script. It was an odd, everything about this yeah. movie was peculiar. The cinematography is very interesting. Like you're saying, there are a lot of what I call master shots, establishing shots, where the camera is stationary and we see what's going on. And I, I like that. And I thought we were really in for something unique at the very beginning where we see what I call a master shot. And they're like having to duck underneath the, that fence as they're walking. Yeah. And they, they scrouch and crawl. And I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. This is going to be quirky. I'm going to get to like these people. I didn't get there in this movie. Yeah. Were they mentally off? Well, I think so. <laughs> but I I mean, I don't think they were mentally off in that they needed to be in a mental institution. I think they right. were mentally off in that they were just degenerates, you know? Deplorables. Uh, well, yeah, I know. Well, I, I found there's got to be something endearing. They were, I think they were borderline obnoxious, actually. Uh, I don't know if I would say borderline. Yeah, I would say they're obnoxious. Obnoxious yeah. people. And that's why on IMDb, it's getting ones and tens, yeah. ones and tens. Everyone is so split on this movie. Um, uh, but I would say the problem is it's not a one or a ten. I, I mean, I'm, I totally think what you're saying is the case for most people. Most people are either going to buy in and go, I love this movie and I have to proclaim my love to the heavens and in order to kind of satisfy the fact that I enjoyed it and other people hate it and other people are going to watch five minutes and go, this is trash and right, turn it off. Right. And the truth is, this is a seven. I mean, it's maybe a six, six depending. Right. This is no lower than a four and it's no higher than an eight. It just I isn't. Agree. I agree. But isn't that interesting how people get splintered on yeah. that with their with their ones and tens? I've always liked movies about the disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff because sometimes I feel like I'm disenfranchised from the machine, from society, you know. Yeah. And I I I gravitate to that something, and I like quirkiness a lot. But there's got to be something a little bit endearing yeah. for me to jump on board, and I wasn't getting that from anyone. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to. There was no real redeemable qualities from any of them, right? And I don't not that there needs to be. Does, I don't think there needs We've to be. We talked a lot about that with Andy. Can't wait to get to the Andy Wave scale now, but they don't. But but there's nothing that's that's connecting us to them. Yeah. And I think I I think the glimmer of hope, which is what we're talking about with the ending, where we're starting to see the daughter kind of awaken out of this stupor, it comes right. too late. I think it, it, it did come too late. It should have been the beginning of Act Three. 
right? Well, been, I think it should have been three. We should have started to see a crack, a little bit of that in the awakening, armor, right. even in Act One. Right. We should know? say we should say that throughout the film there are earthquake tremors throughout. Right. We've seen that before. I think L.A. Stories was that in L.A. Stories where there are a series of earthquakes throughout. I think, but I've seen Maybe. that before. I know and, one movie was that Time Code, um, where there's you know there's four different stories that are going on at the same time. Do you remember this Time Code? I never saw it. It was four. You see four screens the entire time, and you're watching all four of them. And then at, toward the end, there's an earthquake that happens on everybody. And it's all improvised. So wow. the audio kind of overlaps and things like that. But you're always watching. You're watching four screens the entire right. movie. Right. Anyway, go ahead. So here we have the big earthquake that did pay off when they were in the, what, the restroom of the gas station. Mm-hmm. And I think she, the daughter of this family, had an existential crisis. Right. And she was born again. Was born, she was born again. Yeah. That's what I was. That's how I took it. She was born again, and then afterwards, everyone was okay. And the way she came out into the light, into the light, and you know, buying uh, chips in the mini mart that was over the top graciousness. Yeah. And and she was even crawling to Regina for asking for redemption and forgiveness. I got all that. Yeah. And I was suddenly on board, and I was connecting with that. Me too. I, I became attached to the movie again. Yeah. But there was some definite parts where they were, I don't know, breaking into the guy's house, and he was trying to get them to sequence? talk, you know, like talk louder. I want to hear you be normal, and it was kind of like, what are we doing? What is going on here? I want to hear the the piano and the rustling of silverware downstairs. It was, I, it was I don't even mind sequence. bizarre for bizarre's but, sake, but I like bizarre. But there was no. I don't even mind it for bizarre's sake, and I don't know that it needs to connect with everything. But there's if there's too much, then it becomes like. Okay, where, where are we going? It felt like an 11-minute sequence. Mm-hmm. It went on for quite a while. Yeah. And it was just a peculiar beat in the film. Yeah. So. I liked this movie. Did you? I don't think I loved it, but I liked it. And I think, um, I, I also, I think part of what we're watching is this is Miranda July's style. She has this kind of, it's a, usually a little slower tempo. A lot of the characters, like, kind of weird things happen, and they're kind of like, oh, wow, well, that's unusual. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how they react is that kind of – no one ever gets really angry or super intense or super scared. You know, even in the moments where these characters are super scared, it's very like, well, that's just great. This is not going to go out, go well. And they're, they're very kind of subdued emotionally. Right. And I think the pacing is similar to kind of what we've seen in some of the other films that she's had. Mm-hmm. There are sequences I did enjoy um, buying the jacuzzi. <laughs> the, you know, and that was yeah. that was fun. Yeah. That was fun, all getting in there and testing it out and so on. Uh, did the Rodriguez character have sex with, with the father? I, wasn't I don't sure. think so. I wasn't sure. No, I don't think I so. like Jenkins, don't you? Yeah. I just like him a lot. Yeah, he was great. I enjoy seeing him on, on the screen. God, Deborah Winger, how about that? I mean, everyone was good, and the movie had an interesting look, but... Um, it felt disjointed on. You know what, Robert? It was ultimately a love story. I think it was, it, yeah. Yeah, it was a love story. And I was I was so on board for the last 10 minutes of the film, uh, 10 or 15 minutes, that I thought, and it was ultimately a love story between the two of them. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the other films that Miranda July has made, uh, Me, You, and Everyone We Know. Uh, it has a similar vibe to this. The Future, uh, which is a movie that she made. It's kind of a relationship movie. And I think she's very interested in the kind of relationships between people. 
and there is a there's a her sexuality it's like that she touches on within the characters is not how do you how do you put this it's like there's a sexuality there but it's not sexualized mm, mm-hmm. and that this movie kind of felt the same it was like okay we know that there's some sexual stuff happening but it's almost kind of non-sexual at the same time do you understand what i of mean of course i do yes i do and it's kind of i get that in a lot of her movies and almost that from her persona it's like i'm sure you you know you probably have sex with people but it doesn't feel intimate right right Right. It doesn't feel romantic. It just kind of feels like, oh, yeah, that's just what you do. I don't know. Boy, she's got quite a cult following, Miranda. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She's, um, she's quite known in certain, in certain circles. So, yeah, that's, that's my opinion on it. Money shots? Uh, I think... I, I, okay, so I think I'm going to spoil the movie here, but the... The final shot yeah, of them kissing yeah. in, in the Target. It was interesting. It really worked for me. It didn't me too, even though I, I hate when people don't react. You know, like the the, the cashier, the cashier the doesn't react. Doesn't like you're just sitting there like, kissing for a long yeah, time and you're just yeah. gonna turn around and punch a bunch of buttons into the into the cash register. Yeah. You're not gonna be like, um We had other me. people too. In fact that one lady crossed in the foreground. Right. But we, nobody's waiting in line behind them or anything yeah, like that. And it's right. kind of like uh right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But it, you know, it's like you really trying to show they connect. Finally, they have their independence, they have their freedom, and they're cut loose of of the the parents. And you don't need other people there to kind of interrupt that. It muddies the waters mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're trying to send a, a message, and to have the cashier tap them on the shoulder and go, "Hey, can you move along?" It would, I think, somehow take us out of that understanding of you're now free. You're no longer part of that. You've mm-hmm. kind of, you have been reborn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I got to say too, there's a, there's a cool moment. Okay. So they get $1,500 and they hide it in the apartment and the parents come over to the, uh, come over to this apartment and they're, they're kind of, oh, they've changed everything and suddenly they're very, very nice. And they're going, Oh yeah, we love you so much. We love you. And then they, they kind of touch, the little uh, uh, fuse box where the money was hidden and then they leave and they're kind of going all right if the money's still there then that means that they they have changed and they're you know they're good people and you know the the other girl says well but if if it's gone they're truly monsters right they, these are awful people and they've just been really nice to you just so they can get your money and i like the third option which was well but if they've left me my money then that means they care. They're, they're taking. They're, they're themselves. They can't change themselves. Right. But they're giving me my independence, my freedom. Right. And I really like the spin on that. You know, they open up the, the fuse box. The money is there, but there's still a hidden, like a, there's a next step to that. And that whole sequence that happens after that, totally had me. And I was like, man, I didn't see this coming. Right. It was really very brilliant the way that it all started to tie together. Mm-hmm. So the last what five ten minutes of this movie great yes i agree i was connected again yeah i was disconnected for a major chunk of the film but i was suddenly reconnected to yeah. it yeah yeah well a couple of, of my money shots too even though we were cr- critical of that it wasn't even a it was a sequence in the film breaking into that house so they could go through the of that elderly man yeah but i was really touched when the daughter was helping him die yeah that was quite a scene with what she said about 
life with a str- as a string and just close Letting your eyes go. and it's not just let go it's time to just let go you'll be fine let go and that was really a touching sweet moment for me and i think in a way she's talking about herself i right? do too yeah I the death that. of yes. herself yes yeah. i agree i agree and then like you said to the final shot um in the uh, in the mini mart where they return in the um cashing in the items to get the money and the kiss it was it was beautiful it was lovely and i was emotionally reconnected and i got it and it was quite effective but overall what an odd quirking film yeah i am mm. happy here's what i'm happy about You're i'm happy, happy that the movie it. is getting attention and it is because i think i think especially I, i've said before i think we're going to have this resurgence. We're going to have a resurgence back to very cookie-cutter candy corn movies. Well, this this isn't... And this is not that. Right. And so I'm glad to see that this movie is getting the kind of attention that I th- I would like to see attention on these kinds of films. Right. Even if I don't like them very much. I mean, look, you've got a film that it's not based on a book. It's not based on a comic book. It's not based on, you know, uh, it's not a sequel it's, this is an original written film. It's an auteur. You have an auteur film that's coming right, out in right. 2020. It's getting some pretty major fanfare. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. That's what right. films should be. And it shouldn't be just rehashing Harry Potter books. Right, right. And whether we like it or not, I think that's uh, th- that now comes down to us to kind of discuss. But we need to be seeing more of this kind of stuff. Agreed, agreed. And unfortunately, I think we're not in store for much of that because I think when Hollywood does start generating movies again everyone's going to be making these carbon copied right you know uh, easy paint by numbers movies because we want escapism after 2020 right right it's just been too hard on us agreed but I, i'm really glad to see this kind of film come out and i agree and receive agree. the kind of attention that it did. and again i just want to reiterate that i like quirky i like quirk a lot but uh, I kept the. Ref- I'm sorry, did you say kink? Quirk, well, that too, but that's another podcast. Um, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, that movie? similar. It had a vibe. Didn't it feel that way? I yeah. kept flash. But I liked Royal Tenenbaums a lot, and somehow there was there were more. Royal in- Tenenbaums was more quickly paced. It was just kind yes, of, it, yes, it and the music helped drive it. And yes. I think there was a lack of music in this that didn't really. Yeah. There was music, but it was, there was. It, the music here was sparse, and it was also slow tempo. Right. And it just, it was a very drowsy film. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Good word for it. Is it anti-waste? Yeah. Well, I'll get this started by saying, we got a movie here about a family of crooks. Mm-hmm. People who do bad thi- bad things and steal. So, Yeah, sure. but, but, and I know you kind of want to do like all, all for why it is or all for why it isn't. And, I, and I'm going back and forth, but the daughter breaks out of that, right? Daughter makes good. I know. I was about to say that. I was going to say that. Yeah. It's in my notes. Yes. Well, that's it. So, of course, it's anti-wave in that we have a family of crooks. They do bad things. They steal things that don't belong to them, uh, not paying their rent. And what was that about the oh the soap sud? So their apartment was faulty, and there was like a leak. It was, it was located next to the bubble factory, and there was like a leak that comes through the wall every day. That reminds me. The other Jenkins was in that other movie a couple of years ago about the woman who falls in love with a monster and living in the theater, in oh, the yeah, theater yeah, yeah, yeah. and the water going through. Do you remember that? Raining into the theater yeah, below. The, um, um, the Shape of shape Water, of water yeah. right? Yeah, that was him. So I was flashy on that. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so there's redemption at the end. There's the character certainly arcs. There you go. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. She, the daughter, grows and arcs and becomes uh, more whole and complete. Right. Self-actualized. And ostensibly, she's she's no longer going to be falling into those right into those habits of stealing things. She's right. no longer bad. I mean, as testament to that, she is. She goes grocery shopping with her with the new girl, right? And she's just like, okay, we could go on odd number aisles and we could steal all this stuff and we'll yeah. never get caught because yeah. of the setup of the security cameras. And Rodriguez's character says, we're, we're buying this stuff, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? So it's a great so concept of like, right. yeah, we, we don't need to steal anymore. Right. We're going to play this right. We're going to so, play by societal rules. Right. So you're going to go right in the middle, aren't you? You're going to you're gonna hover at fives in the fives. I because think it's it probably more. Works. I think it's probably more anti-wave than it isn't. Well, you're talking about now because it was how it shot, well, and but, the acting and the pacing. Yeah, for all yeah. those reasons, that's pushing it up to six point seven. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's. I mean, I you agree. don't see a whole lot of over-the-shoulder shots. Right, it's a lot right, of like no. odd angles yeah, and, yeah. and long takes that you don't usually see in a Hollywood yep. film. Yep, six point seven. Yeah, yeah. I'll go Good. six point six. Yeah, troublemaker. Uh, <laughs> I'll go six point seven five. I would. It's worth checking out right now. It's on. Um, we we saw it on iTunes for. It's like twenty bucks. Right. Maybe hold off until you you know it's a little cheaper to either right. rent or shows up on a streaming service. But check it out. It's worth worth watching. Kajillionaire. Mm-hmm. All right. Ira, who died this Gotta week. Gotta tell you, unfortunately, must the following people did not turn to dust. Lost the following people in the entertainment industry the last seven days. I want to mention Bradley Mott, M-O-T-T, 64-year-old American actor. He was in The Accidental Tourist. And uh, do you remember Inside the Well and Davis? You never saw that? Is it good? I, I did. It was, it's quirky. Hmm. Now, there's a quirky movie that worked. Anyway, he's dead. He, uh, he was in Inside the Well and Davis? Yes. Do you remember that film? That's a great movie. It is a great film and it's underappreciated. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, the Coen brothers, you talk about It quirk. is the Coen brothers, The yes. Coen brothers can do quirkiness in a way that is 100% believable. Yes. And you're going, this doesn't even feel like quirky, it's just like that's who the character is. And that movie has a lot of it. And there's a lot of like very quirky people around him, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, and it's a lot of that feeling. The cat business is great. That whole subplot with the cat. But what would you like to have dinner with the Coen Brothers? Do they co-direct, or does one direct and the other writes? Well, I think one the... gets credit, but they yes, do co-direct. They, they yeah. Do, yeah, yeah. God, what a, what a list of movies they've done. Mm-hmm. When you rattle off the twelve or so that come to mind, like yeah. they're all kind of wow, that was good too. Yep. 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 Uh, we also lost... Uh, now, this one kind of hurts, Robert. I think you're going to react strongly to this. Kent Wakeford, a c- American cinematographer, 92 years old. Robert, he shot Mean Streets. And he was also the DP, the uh, director of photography on Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Mm. So working with uh, with Scorsese. Uh, Conchatia Farrell, 77-year-old American actress. She did TV, a lot of TV, Two and a Half Men, but she was also in Edward Scissorhands and the movie Network. Um, and so she's gone. 
Rhonda Fleming, does that mean anything to you? No. Yeah, it doesn't? Well, she's been around since the, I'm going to say late 40s and 50s. She did over 40 films, 97-year-old American actress. She was in Spellbound, uh, Serpent of the Nile, The Buster Keaton Story, and uh, Rhonda Fleming. She passed away. And I want to mention this name that's going to be very hard to mention. Now, she's an Indian costume director. However, she won an Oscar. And Bahanu Atharya. And she won the Oscar for Gandhi. A costume designer for Gandhi. Now, let's. We also want to mention some people who passed away because I want to get to the Silver Spotlight Award. I'm not giving. We haven't been mentioning people who passed away. Well, yes, we have. But oh, okay. these following people of note, of note. Not to say the other people previously are not of note. Everyone is not of note. We're all God's children. Moving on, I want to say that we Your also note is B flat. We also lost Sean Connery and Gene Hackman. What? Yeah, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? So we got Dick Van Dyke, I feel like I Sean Connery, and uh, shh, 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 and and Gene Hackman. They're all dead. However, I've gotten some flack from people, especially uh-huh. from one person in particular, a fan of our show, and he's been on our show more than anyone else. That's right, Professor Eric. And he was a little bit miffed because we did not mention Eddie Van Halen. I said, but he's not known for films. And he said, au contraire. His music has been featured in Better Off Dead, Everybody Wants Some, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. So I said, you know what? You're right. He's going to get this week's Silver Spotlight Award. I would also just say, culturally speaking, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's just I mean, uh, there's something about when he dies, man. Oof. It struck it, it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And in a weird sort of way, kind of similar to Bowie. I don't think anybody knew he was sick. Yeah, you know, I, it just seemed to take everybody by surprise. Right. I'm sure. I mean, some people who really follow that I knew. Think, I think Valerie Bertinelli knew he was sick. Probably, yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. So I, I apologize. That should have been acknowledged a week ago. And I made a concerted effort not to include him because we don't associate him with movies. I, I, I never I would have guessed that David Lee Roth would have outlived Eddie oh, Van that's Halen. That's funny. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just seems like David yeah. Lee Roth was, you know, uh, a stick of dynamite being burnt. Well, how about, about the Rolling ben? Stones? How about both of them? Crazy. How about both of them in Rolling Stones? Yeah. Well, yeah. and the drummer, too. What's his name? Oh, now there's three. All yeah. three. But, I mean, I, Mick and, uh, and what's uh, his name? Out. Who's the one I'm thinking oh, of? Not Mick Jagger, uh, but Keith Richards. Richards, yeah. 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 Who would have thought that they would both be alive and kicking yeah. and outlive? Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, gosh, I re- it had to have been over 20 years ago. Keith Richard. it was a joke. It was like, how is Keith Richards still alive? And that was 20 years ago. How is he still alive? Yeah, yeah. Nuts. What was that story? Didn't he, like, eat the ashes of... Do you know? Do you remember that? I don't know. He's so, part demon, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so they're alive, but Eddie isn't, so I wanted to acknowledge him this week. All right. Good. You want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five. The top five get rich quick or slow movies. Now, scam could be implied, but not necessarily. Yeah. Well, okay. here's the thing. I'll, Go. I, I want to say this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was thinking I'm going to give a movie that I didn't include in my list. No Country for Old Men. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, that's a great get rich quick movie. Then I went, but it's not. To me, there's a scheme that has to be involved in a lot of this. There's a... You could fall into it, I suppose, and that's kind of what he does, is he falls into it. Uh, he, If you remember, he 
discovers all this money and now he's trying to run away from people taking it from him right taking it back right um but for me for whatever reason that doesn't feel like a get rich quick movie agreed it is you are getting rich quickly but that's not what the movie is really about right yeah there's something different about the movies I think are going to be on our lists. Now, I also want to say, I think I already know some of the movies that are going to be on your list. Do you? Do you yeah. think we're going to overlap? Remember a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. you actually got like three out of my five. All right. You predicted. So, Catch Me If You Can will be on your list. I hate this game. Oh, that's not a game. Uh, Go ahead. 21 will probably be on your list. Well, so far you're one out of two. One out of two. Uh, uh, I know Catch Me If You Can will be on there. Yeah. What, there's another oh Wolf of Wall Street will probably be on your list. Nope. So really? far you're one for three. You're oh, one for yeah. yeah. All right. See, I'm full of surprise. I, I like my list a lot. Okay. You're gonna be surprised. All right. Do you have any documentaries? No. I do, and you're gonna be impressed with my number two. Is it? Is it have to do with blood? No. Oh. I well, thought it would have blood been in the title. No. Or just about blood. Blood. Oh. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's blood. good. The inventor. The inventor. Yeah. That would have been pretty good. That would have been really good. All I didn't right. even think about that. We'll have to mention that one next week. Yeah. From listeners. Well, there's a scoop. There's a scoop. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. All right. Uh, All right. So who's going to go first? I'll go you first. You want to go first. Yeah. So I already tipped my hand. I actually mentioned one that's on my list. From 2008, a bunch of, uh, I think it's MIT students fly out to Las right. Vegas and create a whole scam to try to make a bunch of money. 21. It's quite a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Nice choice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. That's it. Who's in that film? Uh, what? Um, them, the guy, yeah, yeah, the thing guy. with yeah. the people. Yeah. And yeah. The... No, a lot of people. It, it, it is, yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Isn't Kate Bosworth in that movie? Is she in it? I think it's, I think it's her. Hold on, I'll pull it Do you up. know she has two different colored eyes? Yeah. 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 It's awesome. I know. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. That. Kate Bosworth, uh, Jim Sturgis, and Kevin Spacey. That's what I, I thought. thought I thought Spacey. Kevin Spacey was that. Lawrence Fishburne? Would you make love with a woman who has two different colored eyes? No, I w- I'd be afraid that she'd get pregnant and have fucked up kids. That's your number five, yeah? You know that Kate Bosworth came on to me and was like, I, please, please, fuck me. And I was like, nah. no, you've got two different colored eyes, lady. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Be gone with you. Be gone with you. I actually kind of, I, I think it's attractive. I do too in a There's weird, something fucked up interesting way. interesting like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so my number five. Did you know I have discolored eyes? I was just going to say that about myself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you have one big brown eye. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> my number five is a film I don't think you've seen. Oh. Uh, you may not have heard of it. Oh. And it's the first time that Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau appeared in a movie together. Okay. Isn't that interesting? And I'm going to give you some hints. May I? Okay. Billy Wilder. Do I know this movie? Yeah, I... Th- uh, we're going to find out. Billy Wilder directed it, and I.L. Diamond, you know that name, he wrote the yeah. screenplay, and it's called The Fortune Cookie. Does that mean anything to you? Yes, and I think I might have seen it a long time ago, but I can't remember anything about it. Well, it was uh, 1966, I saw it in the theater when it first came out, and they're brother-in-laws, the two of them, Matthau and Lemon, and it's all about... Um, Maybe you brought it well, up before. Did I? Yeah, I that know. sounds familiar, but go ahead. So... um our hero is a videographer at basket. He they fake a um, a whiplash, an injury, mm. to get lots of money. Uh, so Walter Matthau is called Whiplash Willie, and 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 Jack Lemmon's character is supposedly partially paralyzed, even though he's not. And you know, I always wondered because I thought about this before. Like, well, how do we have sympathy 
for this guy when yeah. he's such a scum. And they have a B story in there that part of Jack Lemmon's motivation, his primary motivation, is he's feigning illness and pain so he can get the girl back. Uh, and, you know, that was clever writing because okay. otherwise we think he's scum. Uh-huh. So, at any rate, that's my number five for Get Rich Quick movie, um, The Fortune Cookie. Nice. My number four. Mm-hmm. From 1985, people that we've mentioned on this podcast already, Richard Pryor and John Candy, star in Brewster's Millions. Oh. Now, I got to say, this is this starts to violate my setup, which is that it does kind of, it is something that happens to them, but there is a scheme involved. I don't know if you remember the premise of the movie, but uh, Brewster, ha- his uncle is a multimillionaire and leaves him $300 million, but... He has to spend thirty million dollars in thirty days in order to get that. So he has to spend all of this money in order to get the bigger money. And the idea is that he's going to try to get him to hate money, mm. and everything that he winds up investing in winds up making more money. And he can't spend this money fast enough. And it's pretty funny. It's a good little movie. That's really nice. Nice choice. Are we going to overlap? Well, I don't know. Uh, no, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, we're not going to. Well, there's one that we could overlap. It's my number one. But I... I don't think my one is your one. I no, don't, I don't think so. I don't either. think my one is your no, one. I don't okay. think so. um, oh, I, I know another one that might be on your list. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of what was it. It just dropped out of my brain. Hmm. <sighs> I can't remember. Get that back. Okay. My number four, I don't think we've ever talked about it. I, I'm going to assume you know of it if you haven't seen it. In, um, Have you ever heard of a film called Limitless? Yes, where he takes the drug and he winds up. I liked that film. Yeah. This falls in the category. There's like a handful of movies with a stupid ass premise. It's stupid, but it works. Can you appreciate yeah, that? Yeah, I get it. And it's, I didn't really it, like it that much. You but didn't I get, like it? I, get what I you thought mean. Bradley Cooper was really good in this film. It was fun. And it was yeah. fun. Yeah. It was fun. And uh, Robert De Niro was in it too. I right? think yeah. John Wick is kind of in that camp for me mm-hmm. too. Like the Wick movies. Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah. all right, I'll just go with it. Well, if you're going to buy onto it, then you'll have a fun ride. Right. That's right. it. And a, a pill that helps your brain function because what is our, like our, a our whole brain? different yeah. level? Yeah. Yeah. It's like 90% of its capability. So obviously predicting the stock market. And there's the get rich quick thing. And it's it's really a textured movie and it shows other elements of how that will affect your life. Bradley Cooper was very good in this film. Stupid premise, but I thought the film worked. Yeah. That's my number four. All right. My oh, number th- wait, the year. The oh, year. Let's that play would the have year been game. 2007. 11. Okay. 2011. Okay. My number three is a movie from the Coen brothers from 2018. Huh. Yeah. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I never saw that. Well, it, so it's an kind of anthology. There's five different stories, right? So one of the stories, though, was really interesting, and it kind of just really resonated with me, and it was a guy, it was a gold miner, and... It was a very interesting process of him figuring out where the gold was. And he he was a miner. He goes out to this river, and you see the river, um, the river stream, and he is panning for gold, and he finds some. And then he goes further upriver, and he pans, and he finds a little bit more. He goes further upriver, and he doesn't find any. And so now he starts to realize, okay, so there's a stream of gold that's next to the river that's kind of leaking into this river. So he starts to figure out where it is and he starts to dig down and he finds it. And it was a very interesting process of, 
there's no dialogue. He's by himself, so he's not talking to anybody. But you start to un- understand, oh, this is diabolical what he's doing. He's th- that's probably how it worked. I don't know anything about gold mining, and you see the whole process of how he finds this gold. Now, of course, people come along and they want it. They want the money, and then you get into this gun shootout kind of thing. But the idea of gold mining in order to strike it rich, I really, I thought that was a really cool whole little scheme and how he does the whole process that's coen brothers right yeah it's a beautiful sequence really really nice what's your favorite coen brothers movie wow that's man i don't know there's is are any of them bad yeah no i I mean intolerable cruelty is probably the closest to bad that was the one with uh george clooney and um what's her name and even that wasn't awful it was just it was it was okay I first when I first saw Blood Simple, that was yeah, one of the early great. ones. I thought that was, I saw that in the theater when it first came out. Yeah. Like, wow, what a cool Miller's movie. Crossing yeah. and like Hudsucker Proxy. All yeah. the early stuff was really good, but then you got Fargo. Um, That's right, I forgot about Fargo. I mean, I, like I said, No Country for Old Men. Uh, you've got um, Lady Killers is passable. I mean, I, I, it's all right. That's kind of one of the okay ones, but. You know what I really liked is Burn After Reading, and everybody didn't like that, but I, I love that movie. I never saw it. I never yeah, saw it. it was really good. And, uh, gosh, I, I don't think they've turned in a bad yeah. one yet. You know what my favorite one is? This might surprise you, but the, the remake of True Grit. I, I was going to perf- say True Grit. Really that? That's a perfect. Well, it's beautiful. You know who shot it. You know Shaw, our boy Deacons. Deacons. Yeah. Deacons was a cinematographer. Yeah. I still can't get over his body of work, but that, I'm digressing. That was such a satisfying, well-crafted film. It's great. So much better than the original. <laughs> you think? Yeah. The original was a mess. Yeah. And John Wayne won the Oscar for that. Right. The body of work they knew he was going to die soon. Right. Right. But, this, but the the remake was oh, just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, my number three is yep. one that you already mentioned for me, and that is Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. And the year being... Okay, wait. Let's see if we can get this one. This... I'm trying to remember. I, I want to say 2009, but that sounds too oh. early. It's later than that, right? It's uh, 2006. Er- Low, it's er- Lower? Well, yeah, it's early. Before that. Really? 2003? Two? Wow. Two, 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 catch me I was again. all off on that yeah, one. Yeah, you were. You'll do better on the next two. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, and Spielberg directed it. I, I want to say, obviously, <laughs> the, the, yeah, I know. <laughs> what did I just hear? Uh, the check cashing was the that's was yeah. the primary I think the primary sort of get rich quick and I love the music and John Williams but it was not a typical John Williams score yeah it was more light and frothy music throughout mm-hmm. kind of tongue in cheek and with a wink I just love that music and I love the movie too of Catch Me If You Can that's my number three is okay. that a favorite of your no I don't it's like not that a movie. favorite no. movie of yours is and it? I tried rewatching it somewhat recently and I was like eh, it's just I, I Leonardo DiCaprio does not do it for me. Mm. Doesn't flip my cookie. There's yeah. a couple of movies where he, I'm like, wow, this is really good. But most for the most part, I, I'd find him very unwatchable. He's very annoying. Best Leonardo DiCaprio movie ever? Marvin. Not Marvin's Room. What's the uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Got it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What's eating? He was brilliant in that film, yeah. wasn't he? He was good in Basketball Diaries, too. He was very angsty, and he was good in that movie. But remember climbing up the tower? Yeah. The water tower? Yeah. And Gilbert Grape, like he was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's when everybody was like, this guy's going to be incredible. Right, and then right. all those performances after that have just been the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, ugh, you just. And he's pudgy. 
No, yeah. I'm really serious. Yeah. I'm I, I'm serious right now. I want my movie star to be more crafted, more more sculpted, chiseled. Uh, yes, that's, I'm being really serious right now. Mm-hmm. In fact, even in the Taron, uh, the Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. uh, Once Upon, they make fun of his double chin. Yeah, that's in there, yeah. and so he's a little bit roundish and pudgy for my leading man. All right. Well, he's just sitting back like being 22 year old with model and, all these models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I my wanna, number I two. Be like him. <laughs> My number two is uh, from 2016. It's got my boy Miles Teller in it. War Dogs. I don't think you saw no, this, no. but Ira, this this you should watch this movie. It's on HBO Max now, so you know you can check this one out. War Dogs is um, about uh, Jonah Hill and and Miles Teller become international gun, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Like, not mer- thieves, but like uh, selling guns illegally, right? So There's a black, word. black market yeah. uh, gun sellers. And they wind up doing it through, like legally at first, but then they start kind of bending some rules and they're getting in way over their heads and selling arms to, you know, all sorts of arms dealers. That's what it is. Where it's you're a- selling it, you know, to uh, like these Eastern European countries that are like really ruthless and you're getting into some, you know, Russian mafia stuff and like you're going to get fucking killed because you've gotten way in over your head. It's a great movie and they've just lost their minds in it. It's like cool. Get rich quick. That's cool. It's an arms deal. I was thinking about drug dealing with um, Made in America. Yeah, I I knew that's what you were going to say. You know, I was going to say that, didn't you? And I want to say that 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 movie wasn't appreciated. I thought he was really, really good in that film. Yeah, and it was also kind of a departure from what we usually see of yes. Tom Cruise. He, he was not strong. He was yeah. uncomfortable in that part, and it was wonderful. He was really good. Yeah. It, wasn't it was also just not like a, a goody-two-shoes character, right. right? He was not a goody-two-shoes, and he wasn't uh, was riding funny. his motorcycle through the streets of Paris. I mean, when he but crashed he was, that plane, yes. he was covered with cocaine yes. and goes yes. running through the neighborhood. Yes, yes. One of the funniest scenes tom cruise has ever done remember that plane crash yeah how they did that in the jungle yeah it's just a good movie yeah all right uh that's your number uh two two my number two you're gonna say you're gonna say you're gonna bow to me okay of course our listeners can't see that bow but i open my mouth and uh oh yeah oh yeah well no you won't want to do that because my eyes are the same color Oh, okay i wanted to get a documentary in robert okay the legend of cocaine island <laughs> come on come I'm on jealous come on I'm kudos so to me jealous kudos to me uh, that's i want to say something to, thank you thank you uh the year being it's really recent you know 2020 or 2019 18 we've been doing this podcast for that long that was 2018 it's hard to believe isn't it i would oh have guessed gosh, 2019 man. my brain's dead um, right now 2018 i could have figured that one out remember i said to you is this a mockumentary? Because it felt like, like, is this yeah. real or is this whole thing fake? And it really is a mockumentary, it, a documentary. It was so entertaining and smart, and it had a twist, a cool twist, and something you and I both loved. We did not see it together, yeah. but when I responded to this and you liked it, you acknowledged this when I made this point, the very, very end, they actually show you a map with the latitude and longitude and say, go find it on your own. Here's the information you need. Awesome. And that, I love that movie. One of the most satisfying movies I've seen since we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. When I saw it, because I, I think I saw it first, and then once I saw it, said, we have to review this for the show. Yeah. It was just so good. Yeah. And I was, uh, I'm in, 100%. Let's do it. I so, knew you'd love that, my number two. Great. Good. Good, good one. Good. My number one is from 1993. 
We've talked about it before. And it's, how about a hint or two? Uh, it's it's called Indecent Proposal. That's quite a hint. I was going to, it's one of my scoops. Go yeah. ahead. Indecent my Proposal. Scoop. Woody Harrelson, Demi Moore, uh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford's a multimillionaire, pays a million dollars to sleep with Demi Moore, even though she's madly in love with Woody Harrelson's character. Mm-hmm. Man, I buy Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore in that movie. I buy their relationship. There's some really cool scenes where they're fighting that make the relationship more believable in a weird way. Like the love is stronger because you're you're fighting. You know, there's there's a weird kind of thing there where, especially when you're younger and you're you're fighting. That's part of the passion. It's all kind of wrapped up together. And then you've got this other guy who comes in and says, "I'll give you a million dollars, but it's going to disrupt your relationship." Fuck it, hey, what a choice. You know, especially when you're flat broke. And that's a get-rich-quick scheme. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do that as a scoop. I'd like to see that movie again. Did you see it recently or not? I saw it so many times when I was younger. Right. I, I saw it in high school a bunch. And, but I've seen it a few times since then, once or twice since high school. But I really – it was profound on me. And it wasn't I, – I, the, the texture wasn't lost on me. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think I asked you this two or three years ago on a podcast – um, would it, you allow a gentleman to make love to your wife for a million dollars? I would allow a gentleman to have sex with my podcast partner for a million dollars. <laughs> what do I get out of it? You get the satisfaction of giving me a million dollars. Cool. <laughs> what do you got? All right. My number one. Well, let's do this. Directed by Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. Get rich quick. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. Was this the... Okay. It's not Blazing Saddles. It's not Frankenstein. No, 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 no. It was before that. Is this a typical Mel Brooks movie? Well, it's his first. Oh, After 12 Chairs. Yes, The Producers. The Producers, 1967. 67. um, Not talking about the remake that they did, and it was also a Broadway play, but that whole premise of with Gene Wilder and Zero Mostel. It's a good um, one, And they sold more shares. They overvalued the company, sold more shares than there actually really were. They wanted a very bad play on purpose springtime for hitler because that way nobody would question or need to see the books and they would take the money and run so mm-hmm. that was the ending and that was the premise and i i saw that in the theater when it came out i thought it was really a clever premise and a lot of fun with the two of them together and that's my number one the producers didn't he make another one that was i think it was called filthy rich or something like that is that didn't right he? i'm not sure no brooks one of his later films because he hasn't been making films for a while but right. he made another one that was similar like a bunch of schemes and yeah. like ideas to try to make a bunch of money and it wound up making him poorer in the long run. It's a similar theme. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It's okay. Well, but I, I, I applaud the producers. Thank you. I thought that you liked my number two more. And you I like, like to, both of them. You'd like me to flip them. I would. Uh, you would want me to flip them. I, I knew was, that. I was not yeah, big a legend fan of, of cocaine. I, I like your one. thinking. Yeah. I like your thinking. Nicely done, my man. Hey. Yeah. This is fun. Oh, scoops. Scoops. Uh, I think I mentioned most of my scoops. Did what you? do you got? I have quite a few, uh, including um, Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. How about Primer, a movie we both liked? Would you consider that a get-rich, in a way? I don't know if I would, because, I mean, at that point, any sort of invention right. would work. I'm surprised you didn't say The Social Network. I, I have that it was down. I have it down. It's one of my uh, one of my scoops. Double Indemnity. Yeah. You know, that's a classic. That, too, could be... Uh, I even thought of Mad, 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 Mad World. Yeah, that, that, would be that was get- the other one I was going to say. Which right. I was surprised yeah. to be on your... Social Network and um, Risky Business. Yeah. Because after 
oh, I know, that prostitute who ruins the vase or the egg or whatever it was, so he's got to make money fast before his parents come back, right. turning his house into a home of prostitution. And um, those are some of my, my scoops. Nice. That was fun. Good. Cool. Ah, hey, man, what? you know, if people have some, uh, some get-rich-quick scheme movies what, what that we didn't they mention, what can they, do? they can reach out to us How? through our email. Where? What's that? Well, our email is robert at antiwaypodcast.com or... Oh, and slash or ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwaypod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the... The dollars that are eluding our Did crazy it. family. Did yes, it. they are Did all it. over the place. Did it. Find us on iHeartRadio. Go to Spotify, Google Podcast Music. Uh, just go to our website. Those a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Also, be sure to rate and review the movie. Tell a friend. Uh, get some rating and reviewing going on over at iTunes. That'd be great. Nice. Ira, next week, yes, we're we going to watch... What, tell me. Do tell. Do tell. Love and Monsters. Mm, looking forward to this. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. Hey, let's give producer Joey a round of applause. We're doing a good job. All right. Say that just about does it for this week, I think. <sighs> Your baby was quiet. Sort of. Well, sort heard, of. Except for, heard the beginning, in the except for the beginning. Yeah. In so I'll, I'll, I'll go spank Is she her. still a baby? She's a toddler now. Toddler. That's the word. Yeah. 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 You were great with her. We'll talk about that off so air. So cute. Wasn't yeah. that cute? Yeah. 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 Ira read a poopy story. To, yeah, I did. To my All daughter. about poop. Right. You're supposed to do it every day. If you're lucky. She's crying right now because <laughs> because she hears your voice. All right, so until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. It's a badge of honor to have failed a film theory class. 